Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. On this episode of Big Boys Don't Cry, we discuss the film Chemical Hearts. You don't have to have seen the film to enjoy the podcast, but if you do proceed and listen without having seen it, just be aware that we discuss elements of the plot and there will be spoilers. Enjoy. <laughs> That's brilliant dancing you're doing there. I've never seen you dance like that. <laughs> Thank you for opening this call with the best music from any Sonic game. Possibly the best music from any video game. You know what? For once, I agree with you. <laughs> for once. <laughs> for once in my life. Oh, yeah, I was hoping you'd, you'd enjoy that. Was it as good as the yeah. moon music from DuckTales? That's the question. Oh, it is up there. I, I, Moon Music has that really interesting time signature, and it's it's really cool. But Chemical Plant Zone is funky dance number number one. It is a boss. It slaps. I th- it does slap. I think I meant a bop then, um, but it's also a boss. <laughs> it is a boss. It is boss. Yeah. It is a bop. It bops. It is the boss. Oh no! Yeah, that's Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's now got to share his title with chemical plant zone yeah, I, th- I think he'd be okay with it now chemical plant zone obviously it's supposed to be some kind of horrible toxic waste but i'd drink pink goo <laughs> of course you would fizzy 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 pink drink i wouldn't be put off if it kills yeah, sonic well, i'd be all over sonic, that. sonic games are made in japan right yeah. But like what they don't know is that fizzy pink goo is that what you know in the in the very early nineties when that came out, that's what we could buy in the corner shop for five five to ten pence. Yeah, after, you, after you a, had, a hard day at primary school. You could drink that. You'd be bouncing you had off your, the walls. You had your can yeah, you had your can of tizer, you had your fizzy pink goo, and you had your super malt. And those were the three drinks that you were allowed when you were a child in the nineties in the UK. Super malt is so disgusting. <laughs> It is one of the worst things in the world. Absolutely horrible. I mean, and I like a multi-flavor, you know, Maltesers and stuff. Or some, you know, sometimes you go to a restaurant, like a diner-style restaurant, and they've got milkshakes. And it's like, would you like this milkshake with malt? I'm like, hell yes, I would like this milkshake with malt. But super malt is like, yeah, of, co- of course, just a concentrated do. malt bit bottled. <laughs> <laughs> it's super malt is with malt flavor, texture, whatever. You don't want that in. Um, a can of fizzy drink <laughs> it's, it's completely the wrong consistency for no, malt it's very um, bad it is it is extremely bad it's like trying to make um, cake into a fizzy drink yeah exactly it's 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 um it's a cupcake fizzy drink it's and obviously awful. in this the year of our lord 2020 we do have to check whether everything's a cake or not but you know super malt's been doing that since the early 90s so fair play exactly you know before it's time still disgusting and though yeah you know, my theory is that the only reason it's still sold is because it's to get people who haven't tried it to try it and that once someone's tried it they realize it's rank but there's always enough curiosity about it that people will always want to try it once <laughs> it's it's the you know i've made a terrible terrible mistake that's why it's really hard to buy in but, bulk yeah exactly exactly um you can just get the one and that's it yeah 
Um, so we watched a movie. We did called Chemical Hearts, the Chemical Heart Zone, as I would like to call it from <laughs> the now. Chemical on. Heart Zone. Yeah, that's exactly right. Although really, um, what we should have done was just put on like a one and a half hour loop version of that song and just bopped around to that for an hour and a half instead. It would have been more fun. That would have been a lot more fun. The music was. Mm, it, Chemical Hearts has a very interesting soundtrack of lots of emotional indie electro songs. A lot of None very of them are broad as good. sweeping pads going on in the score as well. That's <laughs> yeah. what you like. I like it. I like sweeping pads. Is what you'd be doing if you were you were playing um, bowls or what's what's the what's curling? Bowls. Curling. If you. <laughs> I'm not a 70-year-old English man wearing white clothes, standing on a very square, <laughs> immaculately cut lawn. I, I would be forgiven for thinking that you're a 70-year-old English man standing on a on a lawn. Yeah. I, but I don't think I ever have seen you wearing white clothes. Imploring unpaddy thing. <laughs> imploring children to get off my lawn. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I own a couple of white t-shirts. One of which is of the band Fickle Friends, who are very good. One of which is a t-shirt that my wife bought me as a present, which has the rapper, the Korean rapper Psy on it. And he's saying the words Gangnam Style and doing the Gangnam Style dance. That is beautiful. I've never worn it in front of you, but I might next time. (laughs) I think you should the next time I see you. I'm threatening to wear it next time. I'm very excited about this. But you're right. White is Um, not a a becoming color on a man of my shape. Oh, it's more that white is the most boring colour. Well, yeah, there's also that. Why would you have a white t-shirt when you could have a black t-shirt? Yeah. Black t-shirts are cool. You look like a goth. Exactly. Uh, yeah. super cool. <laughs> As we discussed on our other show recently, anyone who listens to metal, any kind of metal music or wears any kind of black is a goth. Yeah, exactly. There's only two kinds of people. There's chads and goths. Yeah. And somewhere in the past there were grungers, but that's been and gone. Yeah, that's that's old news. Yeah, it's fake news. It d- definitely fake news. And was our boy in this film our boy who's like a sort of scruffy Timothy Chalamet? Is he's is he a goth in this? No, he's just a dweeb, <laughs> just a nerd, just a nerd, just constant. This is the kind of guy who reads books. In fact, we know for a fact he reads books because he reads poetry. He's shown reading from a book of the famous Cuban poet Pablo Neruda. <laughs> Famous Cuban poet Pablo Neruda. Um, so I have seen Austin Abrams in another movie. Um, he was in Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, which is an adaptation of the kids' uh, short horror story um, book, which is pretty good. But he's been in a few things. It seems as though he's one of those rising stars of the the youth, as it were. I had seen him um, in the TV show This Is Us. Have you seen any of that? No, it always looks good, and yeah. I never get around to watching it. The, the title, obviously, is not very good, but it's a very, very good show. It's really, really well-written and very intricate and spans, you know, decades and lots of different people and narratives that intertwine, and it really, really works um, in a way that is very kind of... Um, you think that it shouldn't because there's so much going on, but uh, every episode is really tight and really well put together. And he was in that as this, like, um, dirtbag boyfriend for a couple of episodes, um, and I didn't even recognise him because the character he plays in that is so different to this and actually has some depth. 
Ah, okay. That is cool because in this <laughs> movie, um, what did I send to you which summed up my exact thoughts? Um, you watched it today, didn't you? So it's, it's fresh I in did. your mind. It I watched is, it earlier this it week. It's fresh in my mind. Um, and I described it as... Um, His lack of chin is really annoying me, you said. <laughs> yes. I said, welcome to Chemical Hearts where no one has a personality. And then... Uh, we 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 moved on to talking specifically about Austin Abrams's character. Um, yeah. And I said I have witnessed him creepily stalking a vulnerable girl <laughs> with his complete lack of chin. <laughs> Which the construction of that sentence makes it implies that it's the chin that's doing the stalking rather than him. <laughs> the lack of the lack of chin yeah. is doing the stalking, like an invisible man. Yeah, yeah. Nobody minds if the invisible chin comes to dinner, right? No, exactly. And I think you know what you can be a weak chinned soy boy beta cuck, but I think. There's something about the monarchy which has always made me averse to people with limited chin space. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know. You, you look at Prince Charles, it's just like a black hole. <laughs> exactly. And so in my mind, people who have weak chins, I immediately think, you're a fucking lizard person. <laughs> David Icke told me that. <laughs> yeah. He, and then he's right about most things. <laughs> he is, you know, he's all about not having vaccines and not wearing a mask and teaming up with literally Nazis to go on protests. Uh, I don't <laughs> think a man has ever been as right about as many things as David Icke. Yeah, but um, um, Austin Abrams, I'm gonna have, I'm gonna have to try to be kind to him, but I have to say, I really do not like his face. And you know, and sometimes an actor's face just really irritates you. Like in this film, his face just, I couldn't get over it. It was really, really annoying. <laughs> It's one of those things, isn't it? Is you know, we, part of it is the character, and... but it was like the it, all of it was expressed through his face, and every time I was looking at him, going, "Oh, come on, lighten up!" <laughs> yeah, because we we try and be very well. Sometimes we try and be quite objective on this on this podcast, and we try and talk about things like theme and character. But and, you you've know, got a serious film chat. But you've got to say that sometimes someone's face is annoying and it rubs you up the wrong way yeah it's just one of those things and and i haven't had this with him before so scary stories to tell in the dark um it's not a classic but it is enjoyable it's kind of like a very light version of um of it basically right okay um and he he's one of the kids in it and he's he's fine and you know i watched it and didn't think He's an annoying, chinless pest. See, in This Is Us, um, he plays like a sleazy douchebag and his face really suits it. So in that context, you're like, okay, he's good for that. But in yeah, this, he whereas... just plays a drab, skinny indie boy who like we all knew at sixth form in university and wanted to push down the stairs at school, probably. So, <laughs> you know, maybe he... this is specific to <laughs> people our age, but... He he is a very toxic character in the same way that Five Hundred Days of Summer Man is a toxic character. Where and I like it's... his face, and I, yeah, I like his face. But in in terms of character, it's a similar kind of thing where it's this sensitive man that has these underlying control issues and that, and that's a lot of the problem in chemical hearts and i don't know if this is something that's been readily discussed about it to be fair i haven't haven't looked up the the critical consensus but i know that there's been a lot of chat around this movie um and it's scored middlingly hasn't it so it's around 60 yeah um, out of 100 um but he there are all sorts of problems with his character which aren't really addressed um in terms of his controlling 
attitude and i know some of that is immaturity because he's a he's a high school student but at the same time at, at that age i was not following women um and then shouting at them because they're having difficulty getting over their dead boyfriend which happened in the very recent past yeah but the film doesn't let you chalk that up to immaturity does it the film wants you to think that that's okay yeah because he's meant to have this this wise beyond his years persona um where he's got this voiceover in it it's all about like being a teenager is the most emotional and exciting part of your life but also you're going to want to kill yourself it's also really Um, hard it's sad but good it's it's sad but good my least favorite thing yeah um (laughs) no that's what we like on this show (laughs) but i don't like it when it's teenagers no oh that's true right there's an age limit on it yeah there is yeah and 21 and older exactly it's like drinking in america yeah um not drinking in the uk which is 12 and up (laughs) yeah (laughs) six to eight is when you start 12 and up you get your full license you're down there with your bottle of white ace (laughs) going on the swings yep passing around the scrumpy jack yeah that's exactly that is it's the, the the constant cultural experience of alcohol as a as a young person in the uk isn't it is the most vile substances known to man drunk in large amounts because they're not very potent in drab places where you're allowed to get away with drinking where you can easily buy them in a corner shop once you've tried your super malt you move on to the next thing (laughs) it's a gateway (laughs) drink yeah super malt and then then the next shelf over two liter bottle of frosty jacks you imagine using super malt as a mixer? Oh god! I'll have a super malt and whiskey, please. Jesus Christ! <laughs> Just sprinkle a few. Uh. <laughs> sprinkle a few crisps on top for the, for the ultimate corner shop experience. This is, this is something like some sort of a dirty pint, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You get your what? What are they called? Scampy bites. The little um, yeah, scampy bites. I love them. Yeah, they are yeah, legit. That, that that's what you that's what you have. Number um, one that, corner that... shop snack. And instead yeah, of coming it's... in a box or being on a shelf like a normal packet of crisps, they're on that like poster thing. I don't know what else to call it. You know where it's like tacked to the wall, and you pull off yes, a bag at a yeah. time, so you can. They're on the wall. It's yeah, really bizarre. There is a technical name for that which is somewhere in the back of my mind because I used to work at Next as 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 people on this podcast might know um and there is a specific word for those because you we used to hang them ah. um but I cannot remember Next the life sold of me. scampi if, fries? No not scampi fries but you'd have other things so like little necklaces and stuff that would be uh, on a long right. a long poster type thing um yeah if you're listening and you know the word for this please do get in touch because i can't remember yep, what it is know. at the moment but there is a specific word for it Obviously, i worked in pubs you... for many years but we never had one of those things because i worked for ah. the uh the the weather and spoon corporation and um <laughs> everything everything was always kept behind the bar so that people couldn't nick it and run off the brexit pints yeah association <laughs> um but yeah, so so the corner shop special is our new cocktail, right? So you've got cheap whiskey, uh, 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 you've got a treble of cheap whiskey. Top it up with some super malt. Sprinkle a few, uh, sprinkle a few scampi fries on top. Um, maybe coat coat the rim with um, with <laughs> with orange sherbet as well. Yeah, and then oh well, if if you don't have scampi fries, you could also have space raiders. 
yeah, that's right. Yeah, you can have space raiders. That's a substitution. Instead of an olive, um, you've got a little mini cocktail sausage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, or you break the head off of Freddo and just have that like sticking in the side. You know, like when they have a slice of lemon <laughs> in a cocktail yes, and it's like half yeah. of it's over the side, you, you like squash the Freddo head down. You have to melt it a little bit to make it work properly. Now, the the story of us coming up with this bizarre cocktail is more interesting than the film Chemical Hearts. Would would you say that's true? Are you there? I cannot hear you now. talking about this <laughs> did you get that, that was absolutely beautiful Right, so <laughs> I found a, I had time to find a jazz version while your computer wasn't working. <laughs> so, so I consider that time well. So spent. we thankfully we got the most important part of the of the conversation out of the way, which was creating our new cocktail. Um, I, yeah. I I I really <laughs> hope that my recording of that part hasn't hasn't messed up because I'm going to be so disappointed. <laughs> we'll have to do a um an episode about the film Cocktail. Oh, we do, we do, and we could do Days of Thunder as well. Which is basically cocktail, yeah. but with driving cars and corner shops, <laughs> and, corner, and corner shops. Um, I think where we got to was I was I was about to say that this film is quite grey. You said it was boring, and then and then your audio stopped working, so maybe it was some kind of curse. I was, I was about <laughs> to agree that it's dull, and that phrase "dull as dishwater" comes to mind mainly because actually the colours used in the film were very much like a sort of brownie grey dishwater, weren't they? Yeah, it's it's another seemingly relatively posh high school which has a genuine like newsletter that goes out. Um a proper newspaper. Yeah, a proper newspaper where they have editorial stuff going on. Um but at the same time it's just a really drab area, isn't it? It's very very grey. It constantly looks like it's been raining. Um Yeah. And it's just, yeah, it's it's quite dour, isn't it? It's quite a dour It's really film. dour, which is our favourite word of late. It <laughs> is. We've been watching lots of dour movies. It's dour and it's sombre, isn't it? It has none of the energy of being that age, does it? No, no, exactly. There's there's no there's no hijinks. Like, real, yeah. real being a teenager is somewhere in the middle ground between this and the kissing booth, but also a lot <laughs> like the in-betweeners. <laughs> yeah the kissing booth went too far with the whole like showing her pants on the first day of school stuff the truth is yeah it's somewhere in between <laughs> yeah uh, hence the in between us hence the in between us <laughs> um which is which is yeah obviously you know um a bunch of saddos because if you're a teenager you're a saddo you might think you're the coolest person in the world but you're you're a teenage boy or girl you're yeah. not cool and that that isn't to take away from what it, this film is really trying really hard to do but doesn't quite get there which is the thing where it's like where he's openly doing in his boring voiceover man being a teenager is really hard it is it's extremely hard it's excruciatingly hard but it's also a time when 
you have a lot of energy and a lot of passion and that that you kind of pour into things and i don't get the feeling that this guy this character i kind of remember his name like is passionate about anything apart from being a self-involved sado yeah so you have henry and grace is the is the duo yeah um but but you're right there's no one with a passion for anything in this film um and and no one doing nonsense like getting their bum out in the middle of science class or yeah or anything like that there it's a bunch of middle-aged adults at a high school yeah who think they know what it's like to be like teenagers and maybe that's what it was like when they were teenagers or there's something that they feel like they have to prove but yeah they're all middle-aged no one knows what it's like (laughs) to be a boring kid at high school in New Jersey. Is that where this is set? Yeah. I see I had no My idea. Poetry. I had no idea where it was. There was a mention was of set. it at like one point, wasn't there? I I was not paying enough attention clearly. It cuz it it doesn't have and I suppose that's something that could work in its favor if it is trying to give the the every teen approach that everyone can relate to it. Um Yeah. But it, you know it doesn't really have a finite position in the world you know in in terms of time frames or in terms of of location um and if it's going for that every teen approach um i don't think there's something in here that a lot can find relatable apart from the sense of being the most important thing in the world which obviously is a bit is a big part of being a teenager I, I don't mean that in a disparaging way i mean that in terms of it's a very big emotional roller coaster where everything does feel incredibly important um yeah. and and it gets that across very well but at the same time i don't know anyone who would look at this and go oh i really relate with this kid who wants to be the greatest newspaper editor at a high school of all time um but you don't really even get the impression that he does do you no it's just no. it's the film says that as if saying it is enough to make you believe it and that's not how it works it's like telling the plot to you it tells the characterization to you but he never proves that by actually doing any writing or editing until it's conveniently there to provide some emotional heft at the very end of the film exactly exactly and and i think i don't want to say anything bad about the acting because i think that everyone in this is doing their damnedest with not very good material yeah um but I think we also do have a big character problem in terms of Grace, who is a female character, which is entirely, she's entirely dictated by her trauma, which is a very, very bad yeah. thing to have as a character, particularly as a female character in a film like this. And um, her trauma is there only to make his character do things or to change or to evolve or to to whatever. It's It's only there for his characterization. Yeah, yeah, exactly um and so at the end you get the sense that she's doing something for herself which is you know going to therapy and taking a year out from school um that was the only part of the film i liked that was the only bit that was realistic where it was like actually yeah i am gonna slow this down i'm not gonna like run off with you and get married or some shit this is actually real yeah and i'm really glad i was very worried that they were gonna go and do a um oh well well hit me up in college town i'm going to i don't remember where the fuck he's going some place which is good for being a newspaper editor blooming dalington <laughs> posh posh town yeah um somewhere where he's obviously gonna do really well and stuff yeah yeah um and and, and i was worried that they were gonna go but she was gonna say oh well, i'll look you up when i'm you know when i'm through with this and maybe we'll meet up there or something i'm, I'm glad that they didn't do that you know she's gonna go and have her own journey but even so her her 
her character in this is dictated by him and i think that's really not a good way to talk about people's traumas and people and the difficult things that people go through in life because what she's gone through is is genuinely horrifying yeah um and it and it's dealt with in a very surface level naive way where it's all based around and and it's it's frustrating because the movie constantly says the point of like you can't fix me but that's entirely what is happening in this movie yeah um she at one point even yells into his face stop trying to fix me but he carries on doing it anyway and then gets mad at her for not being fixed by him yeah. and then that's okay because he's a poet guy yeah he he likes poetry and shit <laughs> yeah as if that's enough to make a character out of a guy who's sort of a shit ferris bueller <laughs> it's the opposite of ferris bueller's day off this film ferris pooler more like exactly chemical um... farts <laughs> That was going to be my file name to send you. Good. I hope it still is, unless we come up with something better. Well, I'm sure I did have a backup, which I think might be a little bit better. Okay. So I'll I'll go with that instead. Um, He's a total douchebag. He doesn't even wear a costume to the Halloween party, and that is the hallmark of a grade A dickhead. Oh, he's got some stuff around his eyes, so maybe it's just a really really like subtle costume because he's a poet man he's no, he's got stuff around his eyes because he's stoned like, it cuts to that scene and then you see him like lighting up this um massive spliff or it's, it's not a spliff it's one of those you can tell i <laughs> smoke weed i don't even know what it is the little thing that you light he's got um, a hash pipe a hash pipe yeah he's he's honking on his hash pipe um and then suddenly yeah he's like this dirty stoned guy rumbling around this party and then somehow this incredibly beautiful girl like is dancing with him and kissing him bullshit that would never happen well I, be, get away from me you disgusting pig who didn't even wear a costume to the halloween party but i i thought Dick. the stuff around his eyes came before he was getting stoned because i don't think even this movie would fuck up how being stoned makes you look that bad <laughs> i thought it was over the top i'll give you that i th- I think that was meant to be whatever costume he's wearing is that he's got big eye makeup on that's even worse than if he like didn't a have a costume or something and um, this is coming from a guy who always just pokes up pokes eye holes in a bed sheet but like <laughs> come on um yeah it's he he's he's just really insufferable i think is the word yeah. Um, like you said we all knew people like this the the toxic masculine poet type is a real archetype of douchebaggery and yeah. and and this guy fits it to a t and it's really frustrating to watch his character and you know i'm uh, i i bang on about it probably a little bit too much on this podcast but you know i do a lot of mental health advocacy and this mm. movie is not good in terms of giving people a good depiction of how to support someone who's going through a traumatic experience and equally if you're going through a difficult period in your life this is not a good indicator of how you could act and be supported by someone who's controlling you in that way no someone who's controlling and like possessive of you but still is like weirdly passive about everything and doesn't really do anything and there are multiple times when he sees her struggling and doesn't help her and like some of the times okay yeah it's because he's being a creepy stalker in the bushes which is also a separate but related problem um where like he sees her like trying to walk and like falling over on the pitch and he doesn't go over and help her why would you not obviously he doesn't reveal that like oh yeah hey i was watching you from the bushes but it's like you still think you'd go and help her right when she's in pain 
Well, you'd have thought so, wouldn't you? You'd make up some excuse as to why you were in the bushes. But equally, he's never revealed that he was he was stalking her. It never comes up. As no. far as as far as she knows, he's just this sweet guy who got a little bit too weird about her living, um, you know, living in her her deceased her boyfriend's. Parents. She literally says she has nowhere else to go because she's from a broken home, and he's mad at her about it. At that point, I was like, "Mate, you're a fucking dick, and I hate you. Get her- out." Hey, look, it's a rich kid who doesn't understand the differences in socioeconomic background. Yeah. Fuck off, Let's mate. Let's follow that up with a scene where he yells at his supportive parents for being so supportive. Why are you they? so perfect? Why don't you understand pain that I only felt for the first time in my entire life two minutes ago? You could never understand this, Dad. <laughs> yeah, no one. I no can't one, believe you raised me correctly. No one before our generation has ever had heartbreak before. Yeah, Romeo you were and never who? Never a teenager. <laughs> Romeo and Juliet. Romeo and Juliet. That's, um, that's what it was called. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah, that that was yeah, really I hated annoying. All that so much. Like you compare that to like I don't know the perfect example of a great supportive but strange family is is like the family in Easy A. Um, yeah, where they're weird and they're perfect and and strange. But at the same time, they're able to support in different ways. Whereas here, he's just like, you don't understand. And then his and then his sister goes, yeah, you don't understand, mum and dad. You don't understand heartbreak. It's like, what, yeah. the fuck, what the fuck do these kids know about their parents' previous lives before they he existed? He says to them, you got, your relationship's been perfect since you guys were like nine. And it's like, okay, yeah, that, that doesn't mean that they can't help you as parents. No, exactly. Like, um, yeah, sorry for sending you to high school and like helping you to get into college and all that stuff that just happens in the background while he's going through all this massive stuff. Oh, yeah, he gets good grades and he gets into college and whatever. <laughs> yeah, it just all kind of happens, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah, well, at, at least the kissing booth puts a lot into, you know, getting scholarships and stuff like that. Yeah. Whereas here, it's just nothing. Oh, yeah, we we obviously took the kissing booth apart and had a lot to say about it, but that's a way better film than this. Yeah, much, much better. At least I it would, has hijinks. I would much rather watch the kissing booth and the kissing booth it, too than It this. was irritating in a different way, but it wasn't drab. It wasn't a boring dish, dishcloth being sort of lightly slapped across your face. Yeah, it? yeah, for sure. Um, and, and it didn't have... It had... The first movie had kind of blatant blatant misogyny in it in terms of in terms of you know what you don't want in a character in, in, in someone to be in a relationship with whereas this is that much more insidious and i think maybe a little bit more dangerous um way to do it because this is the kind of thing where people could watch this and think oh he's such a sweet guy i like, know he is not he is a fucking creep do not he go anywhere near this guy douche um yeah so it is it is it is a vile film in terms of its themes and its message and i was very disappointed in that yeah but it's but because it's done in such a dour and somber and drab way it doesn't even feel vile does it because it's so low energy it's a low energy film isn't it yeah yeah it is it's it's a kids mumblecore movie but evil (laughs) yeah it's like you know when you do the washing up and sometimes you like leave the the like water from the washing up in the sink after the washing up you've got a cloth in there that's like gray and wet and you pick it up and you accidentally drop it on your foot and now your socks a bit wet 
like that. <laughs> that is the perfect analogy for this movie, actually. That is perfect. That that should be on the front cover of the DVD release of this film. <laughs> yeah. Quote in massive letters. <laughs> yep. Big boys don't cry. I think that's a problem with our show. We don't say enough quotable things about the films that we discuss. No, it's true. It's true. We need to we need to work on that. Um yeah. But yeah, this is a... Um... Sorry, my wife was just knocked on the window to show me an article saying that Silvio Berlusconi has been admitted to hospital with coronavirus. Thank you very much for interrupting our show for that. You know what? I'm really glad that, that there was that interruption because I, I needed that news, you know. Yeah, um, but... that that is better than the film Chemical Hearts. <laughs> it is better. It is better. Um, yeah, this is this is not a good movie, and I would recommend not to watch it. I'd say there is one line that I liked, which is when the um, the teacher, the like newspaper leader, teacher, English teacher, cool guy who's in like two scenes and has an accent that I could not place at all. He comes into the room and says they're having a lollygagging convention, and that's a word that always <laughs> makes me laugh. I thought lollygagging. Was, I thought he was just a Brit, wasn't he? I think so, but he was talking in a very strange way. So, I, okay, I have looked it up. He was born and raised in South Africa, but then moved to London. So maybe, okay, there's, right. maybe there's a little bit of South African in there. Okay, well, um, apologies to him if I just dissed that and that was his real <laughs> voice. But I, I thought he was putting on a sort of peppy, like, hey, I'm British in an American school kind of accent. That made me chuckle, but he was good. He was a good character. I wanted yeah. more of him. I I liked that, and again, I would have, I would have liked more of him as well. Equally, um, a bit more Bruce Altman would have been good. Yeah. Um, it's just like guys, you've got these people here, but they didn't really know what to do with any of them, and that and that's the same with their with their young characters. You've got the complete non-entity of the of the secondary romance between the two friends that are part of the the newspaper club which I gave zero shits about and I don't understand how anyone would give any shits about it other than the fact that it's an uh, it's a lesbian couple um yeah you know is is there anything to their characters other than that no there's nothing it's just completely paper thin no um, and that felt a bit a little bit like it was trying to be performatively woke because it didn't bring anything at all to the story it was just there no no exactly it didn't bring anything else there um the only thing i'd say about those two characters is that at least they're not wearing a weird little photographer's vest like they're the ginger kid friend did you notice that he was wearing that that guy so much that like (laughs) dungareed ed sheeran bloke (laughs) yeah what was he doing miniature ed sheeran yeah he was just being an annoying dick yeah no 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 insult to you as an actor kid who played miniature ed sheeran but your character in this is is very bad and i did not like him you know the the only way is up right yeah exactly you can you can go on to do great things and you can just talk about how this movie is a, a trash fire when yeah. uh, when when you're when you're the new captain america uh, i'm calling it now <laughs> ginger kid from this movie he's going to be he's going to replace gonna, chris evans he's going to be captain america at one point in his life yeah calling it now the money will be rolling in when that happens yeah 20 years time he's gonna get it and i'm gonna go see fucking see i told you all before my time great (laughs) great judge of character um but yeah this movie's bad and i don't like it and but lily reinhardt's performance i thought was good in context i think you could tell that she was working really 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 hard with what she had 
and it did shine through like she was a good presence on screen even that sort of but because she was good it just served to make the rest of it seem even worse yes yeah that's true she was really trying her hardest and i think i think um henry was as well um yeah i I think he was i think he can act yeah i'm interested to see what he can do in the future for sure yeah, I, Even I think though I he's, don't like his face. I think he's got a real a real talent, but this was a very, very difficult film because his character was was not a good one. Um but but Lily Reinhardt as well. The only thing I would say is maybe give that role to someone who does have a physical disability. Yeah. Um is the only thing I would say about that. Um but yeah, she yeah, put it. It's in not a, hard to find those actors. They're out there. Yeah um but it but it's it's a good performance um she's really trying her hardest and yeah it'll be interesting to see where she goes after riverdale as yeah well. which i've seen a few episodes of and was quite good and she was also in hustlers which was a good film as well rustlers she's like very young rustlers did you say <laughs> yeah <laughs> yep, she comes up puts the burger in the microwave there it is <laughs> yeah bit of bit of rustlers yeah. Um so yeah, she's very very young and obviously has a huge career ahead of her. Yeah, exactly. It's uh, I I think she's going to she's going to go far. Um yeah. and um yeah, again, hopefully this is just a little blip, but you know, you can you can tell the 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 quality of these people, can't you? You know. I hope that she never has to appear in a film again where the <clears throat> whole thing about the guy trying to fix things is very very nakedly m- metaphorized by him literally doing the Japanese art of Kintsugi, which is fixing like old pots and stuff with gold to make them look better than they were before. Yeah, that was a that was a metaphor and a half, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it's good if you're like fourteen. Yeah, it's um what a what a great thing. He should have been doing Warhammer. <laughs> yeah. And you know and what? Then... In real life that's exactly what those kind of fucking dweebs would be doing. <laughs> It should have been doing Warhammer and it should have been the same thing. It's like, you can't fix me like you're Space Marine. <laughs> that would be realistic, though. It would. I want I want the British remake of Chemical Hearts where yeah. it's... Yeah. You can't paint me like one of your lizard men. <laughs> it's, a, it's, all a, it's all at Warhammer Club. <laughs> and, and yeah, that's what it's all about. Warhammer Hearts. Warhammer Hearts. Yeah. Oh man, I'm gonna get in touch with with Warhammer about this and say, guys, guys, how do you feel about a rom com about a Warhammer club? Yeah, what do you reckon? Game, games Workshop. Yeah, get in touch with them. In fact, a little bit of of Warhammer news. My next video game to review is a Warhammer video game. All right. So, is, do, is there going to be romance in it? That's the question. I very much doubt it. It is a based on a game called Necromunda, which is all about gangs in a far future hive city who shoot each other. Um, I think there's going to be very, very little romance in it, um, but a lot of shooty, shooty, bang, bang. Shooty, shooty, bang, bang, we love you. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Cool. But yeah, I want this Warhammer high school romance film to happen warhammer hearts yeah so yeah it's it's um it's at a it's at a school warhammer club it's an after school warhammer club um and it's run by a really enthusiastic teacher in the same way um, yeah and they're they're putting together their their armies to go and do a a a, a campaign or a competition at the local games workshop and they're all going to be is that what they do part. do you fight against people in warhammer is it like uh is it competitive 
yeah it is it is competitive um so they have these big um sort of campaign things that happen every so often where games so you can tie it to the warhammer competition as well if you could yeah competition he's gonna win her heart somehow he's gonna win her warhammer heart yeah yeah (laughs) if he Um, loses then she's gonna leave forever yeah she's gonna go and (laughs) what's another game what's another game that people can play Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, she's going to move over to Dungeons and Dragons instead because she's like, maybe she's allergic to the paints that they use for Warhammer, and that's uh, her, yeah. that's her trauma. Is latex paints? I can't do Warhammer anymore because it causes me to get a rash. And he's like, I can help you with that by using different paints and stuff. Don't try and fix me like you tried to fix that broken orc war machine. <laughs> And then it pans over and he's got this war machine where there's a broken wheel on it. Yeah. Or something. And, and then it's at covered the end... in gold and it looks really beautiful. And it zooms <laughs> in and you can see that like he's painted little little golden tears on the orc's face. <laughs> and at the end of the movie, at the end of the movie, rather than zooming in on the little vase, it's um it's it's the fixed war machine and he's got the wheel back on it. <laughs> Did it do that? Did it zoom in on the VARs? Yeah, that's what happened at the end, didn't oh, it? I didn't even notice. I think I'd already turned it off. <laughs> um, so I was like, yeah. yep, this is done. Because it got like half an hour in and then her trauma was realised and they got together and it was all fine. So it's like, okay, what's going to be the obstacle that is in the way of their love for the next hour? And it turned out that obstacle was him being a massive dick. <laughs> exactly, exactly. It is well bad. Um yeah, that's that's our informed film criticism this week. It is well bad. This is well bad, bro. Um, yeah, <laughs> I I had zero time for this nonsense. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm much more if, excited. If you want to watch a film, a film in which an entitled teenager is angry at his girlfriend for grieving about her ex boyfriend who died in a car crash, this is the film for you. Yeah, yeah. And if you have taste, watch any other movie. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, two other movies I saw this week that you could watch instead that were good. Rocket Man and oh, yes. Disney Pixar's Onward. Did you enjoy Rocket Man? I did. I thought it was great. I thought it was really, really well put together. It used the songs perfectly and took a lot of artistic license in the right places, which biopics and musical movies so rarely do. Yeah, that that's exactly right. It's it it plays like a stage musical brought to life in film in a way that none of those that really exist like Mamma Mia actually do, where it uses the songs yeah. thematically in the right place. and it's Which isn't yeah, to say that Mamma Mia isn't great. No, no, it is great, but it's... Rocket Man is great in a different way. Um, and, and Onward, did you say you saw? Was that yeah. good? It was great. I really, really enjoyed it, actually, and I think it's one of Pixar's... one of, Possibly one of my favourite Pixar films. It was really, really different and a really, really engaging and fun narrative that you know it took it poked fun at things like dungeons and dragons while still having a very nice story about brotherly love we could talk about that at some point oh excellent i look forward to it um i saw tenet the new christopher oh, nolan yeah. movie i've it been hearing good. this word everywhere but i've no idea what the film is about was it good it is good it's about people shooting things and sort of time travel but not really it's very odd oh so like a christopher Um, nolan film (laughs) exactly yeah it feels like a christopher (laughs) nolan movie hey look there's people shooting things and there's brutalist architecture and there's a cool soundtrack um yeah suddenly it's all gonna go woo yeah and it's good it's good um i 
I would recommend it if you like his movies. If you don't like his movies, there's nothing here that's going to change that for you. No, generally um, I do. And yeah, so it's an interesting movie. It's sometimes a little bit confusing. Um, partly because when people are speaking important dialogue, they're often wearing masks and it's all a bit muffled. Um, oh, which so is... like 2020. <laughs> exactly, exactly. It's the perfect movie for this year. Um, but also because Kenneth Branagh's in it and he's doing a Ukrainian accent. Um, <laughs> okay. Which Why is, not? Yeah, which is certainly something. Um, and um, yeah, he's... And, and so when you combine that fake ukrainian accent with muffled mask wearing it sometimes is a little bit hard to work out what's going on cool sounds great sounds way more interesting than chemical hearts it is and it's also got some awesome fight scenes and big explosions uh so another yeah. thing that was lacking from chemical hearts <laughs> but another no... thing that definitely would work in the warhammer movie <laughs> it would work incredibly well in the warhammer movie yeah when um, they when the campaign's over the the games workshop just blows up yeah, exactly exactly um oh dear so i'm looking forward to this who would we cast in it well we need, we need young up-and-coming people don't we not not old people playing teenagers it's true the only people i can think of when it comes to mind <laughs> someone like john cusack <laughs> john cusack and molly ringwald <laughs> yeah that's how i want it um who was some british teenagers who were some good young british um actors that are around at the at the moment oh who's that the guy who was in god's own country he could do it oh that's and true in emma what's his name that guy's name i really like him yeah Can't i know remember his name i know the guy you mean he might be a little bit old now maybe nah um, he just needs to be clean thought. shaven he well, can that, do it i think have you ever watched um uh what's it called sex education no i've heard nothing but good things yeah, it is really, really good. Um, and um, and the main guy in that, Asa Butterfield, I think would be... Oh, yeah, I, I've seen that kid. I think he'd things. be good. And I know that he's probably in his 20s now, but he still looks like he could be a, a, a wee lad, doesn't he? He's a kid. He's still a kid. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, he could he could be that. I'm trying to think of who, who could be the other, the other female lead. Um, maybe um, you've not watched The Witcher, have you? No, I have not. It is very funny and really good. Um, I'm thinking maybe the person who plays the teenager in that, Freya Allen, plays Siri, who's a very important um, character in The Witcher lore. And she is English. She is young. There we go. We've got our two leads. We've got Asa Butterfield. Asa Butterfield and Freya Allen are... Our two leads in Warhammer Hearts, the new romantic comedy. In the grim darkness of the far future, there is only love. (laughs) I like that. Yeah. Sounds like a metal song. (laughs) We're doing it. We're doing it. This is this is our next movie. Games Workshop, we know you're listening. We know you listen every week. We know you're huge fans. Because the show is syndicated to Games Workshop Radio nationally. Did you know, this is a little fun factoid for you, um, Games Workshop had a record label very briefly in the 80s and 90s. Yeah, and they had like metal albums that were themed around Warhammer. Wow. Um, That's great. I love they, that. They had some big names on it. I think Saxon were on it. Saxon really? released an album on the Games Workshop record label. 
um yeah so um shout shout out to saxon was it saxon who opened for motorhead that time they played at the great hall when we were at university <laughs> that's right hello yeah, yeah. exeter <laughs> they seemed a thousand years old didn't they <laughs> they really did um i enjoyed watching them though um yeah so uh yeah so okay so I've, I've looked it up now so obviously there was a saxon record on warhammer records it was called um of course and then d rock was a british hard rock band notable for its warhammer Forty Thousand influence lyrics um there was also a death metal band called bolt thrower um, um and d rock um had brian may playing on two of their songs get out of my way and red planet blues that's wild um the lead singer of d-rock explained that may had visited a games workshop store with his son met the band and offered his services Ah, all right shout out to brian may's son yeah warhammer fan (laughs) Well, shout out to Brian May's son, the Warhammer fan, and Brian May for playing on a for a band who had other songs, including names such as Noise Marines, <laughs> Steelers <laughs> Kiss, and Chainsaw Man, <laughs> <laughs> which was a tribute to Fred Durst. Clearly, <laughs> maybe that's what Fred Durst was talking about when he was talking about being like a chainsaw. He was talking yeah. about. Um. <laughs> oh my god yeah shout out to d-rock i hope we can find your music somewhere um yeah, yeah. we'll dig it out we could, we could review it on our other show maybe. it must it must be somewhere it must be some some warhammer records somewhere yeah um yeah <laughs> right okay so this film is happening yeah this is happening and we're gonna get d-rock back to do the soundtrack yeah and we'll get brian may involved again Brian May, you can be on it. Your son can have a cameo, even. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, it's going to be amazing. Um, yeah, right. I can't wait. <laughs> okay, so uh, have you got anything else you want to say about um, about this movie? No, let's rate it. Okay. It's drab. Well, it's it's drab. It's dull. It's it's weak. It's wet milk. It's it's a milk toast carnival, and I do not care for it. I agree. So how many pieces of Japanese vase will you stick together to fix me? Ooh, that's a good question. And I will try to fix you with six pieces of Japanese vase. Yeah, and I've I've mine's a pretty easy puzzle because it's only five actually. Yeah, um, that's a fair. Simple a simple simple puzzle. Easy. Um, I, even my son could do it. Well, he's a very smart child, though. He is, so, yeah. He knows what to do in the game. He'd be workshop. able, he'd be able to, he'd be able to fix the people in this movie. Yep, for sure. Easily, um, definitely right. Okay, so um, up next, there's a new movie that's come to Netflix. <laughs> Surprise! Surprisingly, surprisingly, there are new movies, but this one is starring someone we like. Um jesse buckley okay and it is directed by someone we like charlie kaufman oh yeah it is a film called i'm thinking of ending things and i have been hearing very interesting things oh. about it and it has oh. just arrived as of i think today 
as you, you, yeah, you always say this has come up on Netflix. It doesn't show up for me. I don't know what it is. I just get complete nonsense. <laughs> You've just got dog movies, constant it's, it's dog movies, dogs, dogs all the way down. Yeah, yeah. Cool. That sounds great. Yes, I'm very excited. It's been on my radar for a little while, and I'm excited that it's it's now arrived. Very good. Very good. Well, until next time, thank you very much for tuning in. Um, if you did watch Chemical Hearts, um, I'm sorry, but if you did like it, then you know, come pick a fight with us. Why not? We apologise if you watched it. Yeah. So sorry about that. <laughs> but not really yeah but not really but hopefully next week's one will be better and there's a lot of other stuff in our back catalogue of episodes that is good like um il postino so you know go back and watch that again instead yeah go and do that or watch mamma mia or yeah or mamma mia too return or go of, and read <laughs> return of the brosnan <laughs> yeah <laughs> return of the brosnan or, you know, go and read some poems by the famous Cuban poet Pablo, Pablo Neruda. <laughs> famous Cuban poet Pablo Neruda. Um, all right. You can find us on Twitter at Big Boys Don't Pod. You can email us bigboysdon'tcrypodcast at gmail.com. You can support us financially using the link in our show notes. If you want to thank us for what we do, given that we don't have any ads and we have never had any ads in, you know, almost 170 odd episodes. So, you know, give us some money if you like what we do. Yeah, we've got loads of Warhammer to buy now to prepare for the new movie that we're working on. And that's really yeah. fucking expensive. So send us some money, please. It is. I suspect that I'm never going to financially recover from this. <laughs> You're going to buy three Space Marines and you have to get out a second mortgage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, we are once again asking for your financial support. <laughs> yeah, man, it's important. We need to buy Space Marines. Yeah. All right. Um, so yeah, hopefully by the time we were on next week's episode, we'll have acquired those space marines and it'll all be fine. But until then, give us your fucking money. <laughs> all right, Bob Geldof. <laughs> all right, and we'll be back next week to talk about what's it called? Uh, I'm thinking of ending things. I'm thinking of ending things. All right. Well, we are going to end things in this episode right now. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>